Hello and welcome back to day 11 of the Massive Attack podcast, 12 days of a Christmas carol, 12 days special, special, special. So that'll do. Yeah. I'm Joe, with me is Mitch. Hi. We've gone through 11, 10 days before this, maths, and here we are on Festivus Day. Festivus. The 23rd of December. And we're not going to air our grievances, because that's for Festivus. And we're not going to have a festivus. pole to dance around, or no. feats of strength. No. Forget Festivus, because we are going all the way back to... 1964. 1964, yes. Yeah. A very old telemovie directed mm. by Joseph Makowitz, Makowitz. Mm. who is a famous name in old cinema. Yep. And written by Ron Rod, Rod Serling. Serling. Who is creator of The Twilight Zone. And this is a bizarre program. It's so great. we've got the title of this show was A Christmas... No, it wasn't. A Carol for Another Christmas. Yep. And... Yeah. It's a very minimalist production. It was made for TV. And it was actually made for... This was obviously the UN, must have been United Nations, was early days of that. I think so. And it was made... There was meant to be a plan for, like, 12 of these sort of movies to be made to promote the UN. And I think only four or six got made. And this is one of them. I thought it was really cool. Bearing the lead here, but I thought it was really cool. Like, I I went in wanting it to be cool, admittedly. So I'm going to give it a bit of a pass going in because Rod Serling's incredibly cool the Twilight Zone's incredibly cool so I was expecting a bit of a twist in the tale or at least some sort of subversive stuff going on and you got that yeah I, I was as well I enjoyed this but I thought it was strange the fact that they have turned the Charles Dickens movie into a anti-war war movie you could probably call it it's anti-war oh, it's, it's, it's exactly anti-war. anti-war it's pro-UN so it, it is technically it has an agenda and there's a bit so we'll go into detail so the main guy is Daniel Grudge yes Daniel Grudge it was going to be Benedict Grudge so his name was Big Grudge but they didn't that did get passed so he was played by Sterling Hayden who I think... He was in Doctor Strange Love, but I don't know. And before that, he'd been in a lot of Westerns, sort of in the 50s. Mm. He was quite famous for Westerns and doing film noir type movies. Yeah, so I didn't know who he was, but he plays a... You don't really get his job. That is there, but I can't really... It's not important to this. He's he's just a man in his home. Isn't he an arms manufacturer or something? He's something military, because they kind of blame him a lot for some of the atrocities of war, but not in a sort of soldier-type way. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get As that, but it, it. maybe. Yeah, so he's there, and then his um, nephew comes to visit, and that is a Fred, played by Ben Gazzara, who I don't know who that is either. But the name I'm, sounded familiar, and his face kind of looked funny, but... As I said, I'm, I'm not And instead an of Fred, it's it's not Scrooge and um, t- typical Fred. They are no. not the same sort of characters. It's not the same tropes in that way. But Fred is the nephew, and they have a very long discussion about war. Essentially, one's pro-war, one's anti And it's all about the UN, saying we've got to be more peaceful. Uh, he, he has pull, Grudge character, has pull at a uni, and Fred's come to accuse Grudge about using his influence to stop a program going forward where they were going to do a talent swap for the university of bringing a Polish person out to teach and he goes no and he's an isolationist and that's what grudge is he thinks America should be America we should put up the walls and keep everyone out and that's the best way to be going forward because look at everything else that's been a problem in the past and they have a very long probably 15 minute discussion about war and and what is it it's, good it's for? quite long yeah so you get their politics aside and it, it's quite blatant when you know that this is a pro United Nations production you can See, sort of tell I didn't know that going in I didn't know either I read the trivia sort of after I'd seen a scene and then I'd sort of read some more until I got to a bit I haven't seen yet and then I read some more because I didn't want to influence myself when watching but it was pretty heavy the discussion they had like really pushing a lot of exposition to each other 
But I thought it was quite effective, and it's it's black and white. The quality on YouTube is not the best. It's it's, it's very minimalist film. It's almost no sets. It's, and as it goes on, it's almost like a theatre production. Very much, yeah. With the main sort of set at the front, and then they kind of light up the background and show you what they want to see. So you sort of got this character, and you get his politics going away, and it's like, all right, that's fine. That that's what happened. And then it came down to, well, there is one thing we've got in common. All right, it's Christmas Eve. How about we toast your son? There's one thing. All right, we have differing opinions on this but we do have one thing in common and that is our love for your Roger's son and what's it, Fred's cousin who was um was played by Peter Fonda but his scene was cut but there is a one scene with him that's a you know he doesn't have any words and there's a portrait of him on the wall which they sort of toast to and have their Christmas toast to their son and they talk about that losing him to war like he went to World War Two and was um I'm assuming World War Two yeah yeah because he's been dead for 20 years or Because they say he died in Christmas Eve in 1944, so yeah. it would have been in World War II. So that's there. So he hates war, but he also hates foreigners, this guy. Yeah. You know, he shouldn't have gone to war, and that's what a debate was about. It's like, it shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have been there. And then he was sort of saying, you have to fight, except his son. So he was very conflicted. So it was pretty cool. And then the, the nephew leaves, and then he gets visited by a ghost. I forget what triggers it. He just sort of just sort of happens, really. Yeah. You sort of get a note, and they're meant to be on a boat. And like I said, it's very minimal. It's like a, it's like a play. The way it's done. So there's just a soldier played by Steve Lawrence from Blues Brothers. Yeah. That's what I know him as, but he's a singer more than anything. I think so. Yeah. But he's the, the guy they booked the venue from in the in the, in in the, the sauna. Room in yeah. Blues Brothers, yeah. yeah. So he, he plays a soldier. He's in this soldier outfit. And he, he plays the Ghost of Christmas Past. And he says he's that. And they're meant to be on a boat, but it's all it's, very minimal it's set. It's like a trip transporter or something. But they've yeah. got... It's, is, just, is it's it a bunch coffins? of coffins. And they're all covered in flags of the world. Yeah. It's not just American. They go, who's this? And it's like, these are all the victims of war. It's like, what about America? And they say, well, there's more than just us. Yeah. They're more than just America. That's everyone. These are all the victims of war. And this and that. And they, again, another big debate about war and who should go and why you should go and how it's not there. And he's very much that isolation of saying, well, it's not our problem. It shouldn't have been us. It's like, yeah, but if we didn't go, what would have happened? You know, what this person here who died, it's like, well, he wouldn't have died if he didn't go to war. It's like, yeah, but he might have died cowering under his bed if it didn't, we didn't stop the menace that was coming yep. this way. So... And, and then there's the ongoing theme that the ghosts all seem to bring up. And obviously the ghost of Christmas past is the first ghost. So he's the one that sort of brings it up. And he's like, oh, if I'm walking down the street and someone bumps into me, we need to talk because if we're not talking, we're uh, fighting. Yeah. And now that you mentioned that it's a UN film. That's exactly what it's about. The talking. Yeah, it's all about the fact that if you're talking, you're not fighting. But mm-hmm. if you're not talking, you will start fighting. And if you start fighting, blood will get spilled and people will die. Mm. And that is the ongoing theme. theme through the whole movie, that you've got to keep talking to stop the fighting. And yeah, you win. Mm. It, it all makes sense now. Yeah, so it's fascinating. And it was, I mean, the actors are really good. It's quite emotional. It's heavy, I suppose, is the best way. And because it is very black and white, it's very dark. And it is heavy. So, and just the visuals. I mean, it could be a really effective thing to do again, like modern. So you had the Ghost Christmas past, and then you go to the Ghost Christmas present. And that was him. They do the food motif again, but it's not him sitting on a pile of food. It's him on a very large, long dinner table with turkeys and everything sprayed out, him by himself. And it's a very minimal set. Like, it's the table's lit, and that's all you can really see. You can't see anything else. Drinking from a, a pint mug of beer, which I thought was pretty cool. Time. Yeah, and this is played by Pat Hingle, uh, who I know was Commissioner Gordon from the Tim Burton Batman movies. Ah, but okay. that's all I know the name from. Hmm. But yeah, he's there, and again, it's it's pretty much reinforcing the whole everything we've said about this anti-war acceptance communication motif. But they sort of flash from the room he's in, eating all this food, and then they open the lights lit up in the background, and then there's an internment camp 
and people starving and they're going looking for food through scraps and things like that and he's like how, how could you eat like this in front of well that's happening out there and he goes how can you yeah. this is all happening here yet you do it at home that's effective and yeah, he throws out like a bunch of stats. It's like, you know, a third of the Earth's population are worried about where their next meal is going to come from and a half of them are in pain because of hunger and all this sort of stuff. So it's quite a political movie. Mm. And as as I was watching it, I, like you said before, it's something that if they did this now, they, they really wouldn't have to change a lot. No. Because the problems that were happening in 1964, still by far, still happening now in 2016. And someone with the name of, that rhymes with Donald Trump, who wants to build a wall and be isolationist, who has access to the nukes, which we'll get to. It's as appropriate now. And we said this with Scrooge, like it was about the Industrial Revolution and looking after the poor back in 1843. When we did American Christmas Carol, it was set in 1933. It was set during the American Depression when... You have to look after your poor. The in, another industrial revolution was taking place with mechanisation. Manufacturing mechanisation. And all that yeah. sort of stuff. So it, it's appropriate. It was set in that time for that reason. This is 1964. So it's another change of humanity. It's like we are leaping forward in bounds and we have to stop and take note of where we're at. And this is what Dickens wanted to do. And when he, he wrote this piece, because it's like, stop everyone. We are fucking up here. We need to take a step back and have a look at what we're doing. We've got poor people here, and we've got rich people getting richer and not doing anything with it. You know, it's, we've got to get the balance right. And this is quite cleverly been transposed into now. And even in Scrooged, which we saw a couple of days ago, that's set in the 80s, which was the yuppie Reaganism era, when again, it was a time of greed. I mean, in the movie Wall Street, greed is good. And it was sort of like, it doesn't quite push that over yep. your head as much, but it still is appropriate for that time. And Definitely, right now, is a perfect time. In Australia, we definitely need it for the isolationist movement of we can't let foreigners in. We can't... It's, it's never gone away. But it seems to be worse now than it has ever been. America's going through a similar thing. So it's it's fascinating to watch this for what it is. So, yeah, it's, it, that's great. So, you get, it's again, it's, a, it's just a moral dilemma between these two characters. And then the last one is Ghost of Christmas Future. Played by Robert Shaw. Who is the awesome boat captain in Jaws, if anyone wants to remember anything. Yeah. I mean, he's been in plenty of things, but that's... Yeah, yeah well, Jaws was the first thing I thought of when, when I saw him. You're in the water, shark's in the water, cage in the water, you go in the water. Awesome. So, they're great actors in this. I mean, we're not talking over the top. So, he ends up in this set, which is like a bombed out town hall. And it's like, oh, this is strange. And then he goes, what happened here? And then Imperial Me, what's his name? Yeah, Imperial Me, played by Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers is playing the king who's got like... Some sort of, like, religious robes, a cowboy hat which has been cut into a crown. Yep. Like, bizarre. And he's sort of like a leader of the people. And all the people are coming in, they're all dirty, ragged clothes and this and that. And the Ghost of Christmas future tells him that there's been a bomb. What started it? Well, someone thought the other one started it. So, you know, it's just the future of, like, non-communication, fear of the bomb caused someone to do it. Well, 1964 obviously was sort of leading up to the start of the Cold War. I was well entrenched with hatred of the Russians, right under the beds. That was all... Yeah, the communist threat and everything. Yeah, exactly. And they do make that line. It's like, well, we thought they dropped the bomb and they thought we dropped the bomb, so we just had to drop the bomb sort of thing. Mm. And it's, yeah, post-Holocaust. So you've got this imperial me, that's it, what he calls himself, Peter Sellers, and he's there sort of putting these doctrines out to people and blah, 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 and he's got his followers sort of going there. And for some reason, his butler or servant is still alive in this version, and he comes out and he, he speaks against it. And the imperial me says no and decrees him. He goes to commit suicide or something, and they, they want him to die, and all this sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, jump. 
jump and it's, he ends up dying. He falls off when, and when they he falls get, off the balcony. Was, falls off a balcony and they sort of take the feet to him and stuff. Yeah, they're sort of going. And he, he's a bit shocked by this. It's all very confronting to him. And then we do then get Grudge kind of bringing it back to the the whole Dickens thing because he pretty much says the line: "Is this yeah you know, the way it must be, or is this only an indication of what might be if we don't change?" Yeah. So they, they tie it back in really nicely. Oh, I forgot to say in the Christmas past, a pretty important point actually is he actually goes to Hiroshima. Oh, and sees. While he's, uh, in the, the while he's children. in the Navy, he actually goes there after the bomb and he goes to a hospital and there are children whose faces are burnt beyond recognition. You don't see them. They're all under bandages and stuff like that. But he is... And he's seen that and then he goes and he sees a kid come to school who's... Well, he's looking for a school, but it's been destroyed. And it sort of reawakens him, the tragedy that is war, and he doesn't know who these people are, but it's like they were faceless. Not faceless as in their faces were melted off, because they were, but they were just statistics to a point. And it really sort of brought that home. Should have brought, should have brought that up earlier. But yeah, it, it, the tragedy of war... Tragedy? Tragedy! Should have been... The tragedy of war sort of reinforced and reintegrated and the fact that it was he felt sorry for a Japanese child as opposed to it's all about Americans we all look out for ourselves and that sort of thing so mm. I found it fascinating it's long it, it would have been an awesome Twilight Zone episode because yep. a lot of the conversations kind of double up in you know they sort of say the same thing all the different ghosts but really effective and an awesome cast very much so. Yeah. So after the last ghost, Grudge wakes up at home and realises that he's still at home and it's all okay. Yeah. And then there's a knock on the door and it's his nephew Fred saying, you know, you rang me at three o'clock, what's going on sort of thing. And he's like, oh, I don't remember ringing you. And yeah, they all sort of sit down and... Yeah, he goes, I changed my mind, I'll, in- I'll endorse your, your guy from um, Poland coming over. Yeah. So it's a small thing in the end. It's not buying the largest turkey and saving Tiny Tim, but it's it's just opening the lines of communication and opening your mind. And that's his Scrooge redemption. And then, he, yeah, it, it finishes with him listening to Christmas carols sung Which by the, the children of the yeah. UN delegates or something. Yeah. yeah, and that's just... I really dug it. Like, it's a bit long, if anything. Like, I, I, I could probably go back to this every couple of years, I reckon. It's no Junkies Christmas. I will, I, I'm still looking for that fix which is funny because it's about Junkies Christmas but back in the first Christmas episodes we did that was a corker that we found out of nowhere and I was like Definitely. that is awesome and I was hoping this was going to be it and it's the closest thing we've got to it as far as the subversive something kind of cool yeah. but it's a little bit long just to be that punchy yeah this is kind of cool thing I mean it's on YouTube it's worth watching it was aired in 1964 it wasn't aired again until 2002 2012 so you turn a classic movie yeah. it's again so it's not readily available so it is available on YouTube and it's not the best quality but it's it's watchable but I would love a crisp version yeah when I was watching it I was thinking if they had a DVD version of this or, or just a decent print it would yeah. look much better because the version that's on YouTube is a little bit flary in some places yeah. yeah it looks like it's taped off telly taped again sort of thing yeah. but it, it's worth it I would say persist with the bad quality of, of the copy and just listen to the message you could almost do it as an audio book you could. Like the visuals aren't super strong they are there they're quite good but you could almost just listen to the dialogue because it is so word heavy that you could it doesn't really matter as yet. Mm. but yeah out of all the ones we've watched this is the most interesting take on it I suppose and quite an, an interesting look back in 1964 and that sort of thing and Rod Serling's just Cool. Yeah, so. and and the fact that it isn't a reenactment of the the real story, it's an adaptation of the real story. There's enough of the real story in there, but again, they've made it so poignant from for the the era that this was made, and it still holds up for today. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really glad we watched this. Mm, I was hoping, like when I knew everything that was involved and who, I was like. All right, this is going later because I want it to be good, and I'm hoping it's the next Junkies Christmas. That was my big... F- and I'm glad it sort of paid off. So Yeah, so good call, Mitch. Thank you, thank you. 
Alrighty, well, that is day 11. Tomorrow we'll be back for our very last of the 12 days of Christmas. Yep. And then we'll leave you alone and you can go and open your presents and do all the family Christmas things. Yep. But we will be back tomorrow with a, a true classic. We are looking at the Muppets version of A Christmas Carol. Excellent. So, until Finishing then, strong. Yeah, hopefully. We all know Of it. course we do. We've watched this all a lot. Right. Yeah. Until then, we will see you tomorrow. Thank you, Mitch. Bye. Bye.